welcome everyone uh, to today's talk. Um, I'm Mandy, for those of you that have not met me before. I am a documentary family photographer based in Shanghai and I am also currently studying to be a childbirth educator. Um, for those of you that have listened to the talks before, or have attended the talks before, um, I, for me, for this conversation particularly, I feel like marks a kind of a new turning point of where I want to be taking these talks. Um, previously, I focused a lot on the birth stories themselves, um, but the more that I've uh, continued along the rabbit holes of birth as a topic, um, I've come to realize how much that is connected to our growth as women, um, and even for my own journey too. And so for today's talk, I really wanted to expand a little bit beyond just the birth stories themselves. Um, and I asked Leia to be my guest for today's talk because she is someone that I feel like really um, speaks to this new intention of where I want to go with these talks. Um, Leia and I met um, during prenatal yoga. Um, our babies are two, born two days apart, oh no, wait, one, one day apart, yeah, so her son is one day older than my daughter. And even though I didn't really know her before we gave birth, I feel like I've witnessed a lot of changes um, in her ever since she became a mom. And so... You know, I was really blown away in, I mean, during like the early months, especially of motherhood, obviously we were all very confused. <laughs> we were all, you know, flustered, anxious, nervous, and everything else in between. Um, there was a group of us where we, every time I feel like we met up, we would have a lot of questions about where our life was going, how much things were changing for us, whether or not we, we were going back to work. Um, we just had a lot of really big questions that we didn't quite know how to answer. And in those conversations, quite often, Leia would just offer the most kind of zen advice <laughs> that, um, you know, I, I just always felt like she had this really great ability to be able to just cut through all the stuff that didn't matter and just kind of provide the voice of reason to, you know, sometimes what could be very confusing kind of conversation. Um, and you know, witnessing her change from, uh, you know, when she first became a mom up until, you know, more recently she started, you know, teaching yoga and even just seeing how her yoga classes have kind of evolved into something that is really deeply soulful and feels so authentic. Um, I felt like, you know, this is a really great opportunity to, you know, dive into her story a little bit and, and yeah, and talk a little bit about that. 
Do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you for your words. It means a lot to me and touches me. Um, so my name is Lea, and um, well, we didn't know each other before I got pregnant, like you said. Um, but before I was very stressed. I was working a lot. Was constantly thinking about the future, very anxious. I just wanted to make a career. I didn't want to have kids. Um, yes, and I had a lot of problems in my body. <laughs> I was not sleeping well. Um, even though I had, I had practiced yoga for almost seven years, so even before being pregnant, the yoga was more like an escape from the real world, but I didn't integrate it into my life because I was too much focused on the outer world and not enough focused inside. Um, yeah, so that's who I was before. And um, well, now I'm still in the process and I think it's a lifetime journey of connecting to myself, finding who I am truly and um, just simply enjoying the present moment and I try to stop looking backwards, stop looking forward, just enjoy being here all together so yeah that's just as simple as that's what I try to do. Thank you. Okay, so why don't we start with uh, talking about um, the pregnancy because even just now you mentioned that it was really kind of not on your agenda at the time. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so actually I think before getting pregnant I knew that I was not in line with myself and it took me a few years to take the decision that I'm going to quit my job because it was killing me and that I wanted to do the yoga teacher training but not to become a teacher, I just wanted to learn more about myself and to disconnect with the corporate work. So I took this decision and it was like spring and then I was supposed to quit at the golden week and then do my training during the winter. But then I got pregnant. <laughs> so all my plans got messed up and I got into depression because I was completely lost and I was like, come on, it took me so much time to get to that point that I was ready to finally do it and life is not letting me do it. So I was very confused and um, then uh, I have some past history, very uh, anxious and depressed also, so I was able thankfully to deal with it. And the first thing that I did is that I tried to uh, reconnect with my inner child and I tried to remember who I was when I was a kid. And that this is life and if this is what life wants for me, even though it wasn't in my plan, <laughs> 
I have to accept it and I have to go with the flow instead of trying to control and push it away. So I started to reconnect with myself and I think that's really when the transformation started. And I start to listen to my inner voice and to, for example, I was playing piano when I was a kid, so my husband offered me a piano, I started to play piano again. So it's very simple things in my daily life, but that was the first starting point. Uh, reconnect with my inner child. And then through the pregnancy, I think we changed so much physically, right? So the second transformation was physical. And I have tried to control my body during my entire life. I have tried to be like in the magazine, always doing diets and going from um, binge eating to dieting and always like this on the scale and never feeling great in my body. But for the first time of my life when I got pregnant, I thought, okay, I don't care what I'm going to eat. Anyway, I'm going to take weight. <laughs> so at least... I feel better mentally if I let go these parts and I'm going to feel less stress and well, all the doctors were saying that the best is to, you know, to, to be relaxed and everything so I was feeling that this uh, eating part and physical part was quite stressful for me so for the first time in my life I decided to let go of that part and actually I realized that by listening to myself um, I mean, my body was okay, it was even better than before when I was trying to control it. So I started to listen more to my physical needs. Um, and that was the, I think, the second transformation, which um, really helped me mentally because uh, I was feeling better within my body. I have always been ashamed of my baby, for example, and for the first time of my life, I dared showing my baby and wearing clothes that was, you know, like tight on the belly, and I was proud of it for the first time of my life. So, the physical transformation, I think, led slowly to the mental transformation as well, where I started to really connect to myself to a deeper level, not just to my inner child, but really connect um, to my higher self and start to, before when I was working in the corporate world, I was always looking upwards and trying to please others, uh, trying to look like this or like that, to do this because someone wants it or what, but then for the first time mentally I was trying more to look inwards and to do and think um, what I'm really, what I really want and so I started, even though I was practicing yoga for um, five or six years at that point, I was never really doing meditation. I would, I mean, when we would do a body scan, we would be in the first knee, I would already be like, oh my God, this is gonna last for one hour. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but then I started to do meditation and to do hypnobirthing. And uh, yeah, I think this led me to one level higher to calm down my mental and to connect and start to open my spirituality. And then it's the delivery. 
Okay. Well, let's um let's go back a little bit because I I want to talk a little bit about um. I guess I relate to what you say a lot because I had a very similar experience myself. You know of um. You know, feeling like pretty much my entire life, I was always trying to control my body. I was also like, you know, went through periods of like exercising every single day and not going out eating with my friends because, you know, I wanted to achieve that that kind of dream body um, and that kind of control. Um, where do you think that comes from for you? Well, I think it's just, you know, when when I was younger, the society I lived in, so I grew up in France, and uh, an environment that's not poor or rich, but I mean, people had enough money to buy this kind of nice brands and everything, and if you didn't wear this kind of brands, then you were out of the group. And then this kind of brands I would show only like tall and skinny women, and obviously I had I had shapes, and I wasn't like this at all. And there was other ladies that had more money, more brands, and more skinny, and you know. And I was like, mm, like I this is how I want to be, and um, so I, I guess it's it's uh, just. Maybe when I was younger, I didn't learn how to be myself, how to connect with myself. And I I feel like before around seven, eight years old, I, it was okay. But then when I started to go to middle school and high school, this is when things started to get completely off the line. And this is when I think the connection with myself stopped. And that instead of listening to my inner voice, I was starting to listen to others. And I started to put others' judgment, mm -hmm. other ideas in front of mine, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to please others because obviously I was feeling okay. Mm -hmm. But since mentally I was thinking that this is not the way you should be if you want others to like you. Mm -hmm. Is this also where you think um, your desire to kind of succeed in the corporate world or like make a career? Yes, Do you yes, think that's yes, also yes, where it comes yes, from? This and uh, yes, to please uh, my parents and yeah, it's 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 the image of success that I built up when I was younger. That to be successful, you have to work hard. You have to work for a big company at a high position, earn a lot of money, do a lot of business trips, and uh, just kill yourself little by little. But you're successful, so it's fine. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I guess that that yeah, everything comes comes from there. Kind of, it's interrelated. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like, you know, how you describe your pregnancy and, you know, the different transformations that kind of happened during the pregnancy seems like it was very mindful, like you had a lot of awareness around it. Where do you think that awareness came from? Hmm. Uh, well, when I was uh, 15, I attempted suicide. 
and uh, after that I think I went through many many therapy mm -hmm. I saw like uh, psychologists psychiatrists I went to psychiatric hospital kinesiolog osteopaths magnetizer everything <laughs> um, and um, the thing that I did the longest is Reiki mm -hmm. with a friend of my mom and at some point I was going every week and I did that until I left China. So I think that's uh, the 10 years, because 8 years before I left for China, during those 8 years I already went through many things and I already learned many techniques, um, you know, how to reconnect to myself, how to breathe, um, how to control my mental, even though, um, I mean, cannot control it, there are always some, some phases, but I think I learned how to be mindful thanks to all that process. And uh, then when I started yoga, because I was alone in China, so then I didn't have all this support anymore, right? Mm. Um, so it was a bit hard, and during my first two years in China, I had nothing anymore, no more support, and even though I had those tools with myself, it's still a bit uh, not easy, especially when you are like in your 20s and alone and uh, no money, and all my friends left, and um, so then I found yoga, mm. and uh, I think yoga, taught me what I didn't have in the other techniques is like also how to feel things through your physical body, not only mentally but you feel it really deep inside and how your body is the representation and the playground for all the other things that are happening inside you but that are invisible, your energy, your mental, your emotions, everything comes into your body. So. Yeah, I guess it's this entire process that allowed me to be mindful um, and I guess maybe the universe thought I was mindful enough that it was okay to be pregnant. <laughs> Even though I thought that was absolutely not the right time, but um, yeah, well that, that was actually now when I look back it was exactly the right time. Mm -hmm. Because if I had gone through my initial plan, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't have enjoyed. Even though I would have done this yoga teacher training, I was planning on. I was so less aware than I am now that I wouldn't have done it the same way, and I would, I wouldn't have do the, the same transformation. It would have been more superficial, I think, because I was not living it. I would not have lived it deep inside me. I would have tried to use it as a tool to feel better. Whereas doing it after pregnancy, I did it just because I wanted it, because I, I felt deep inside me, this is what I have to do. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Um, okay, so since we're on the topic of the physical, do you want to tell us about the, the labor? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, I think I was quite lucky because the labor was very fast. Uh, I started to have contractions around like 2 or 2.30 a.m. in the night. 
and uh, then um, I delivered at uh, 9.52. So I arrived at the hospital like around 5.30 a.m. So I spent only like four hours and a half in labor at the hospital. Uh, it was very short, but very intense. And uh, I lived it through so I, I, I went into meditation during the entire labor. I don't even remember what was happening outside. I told my husband, you're in charge. No one talks to me. No one touched me. I mean, obviously, except the, the doctor. <laughs> but um, so I, was, I created a really like a space around me, like a little bubble. And uh, my husband says I had my eyes open, but I don't remember anything except maybe him. And it was very... <laughs> It was like very painful, but but in a way like it felt good. Like in a way, I I wanted to go through this pain, and I had to live it, and I had to feel it inside me. And it, the delivery made me so much stronger. Mm. It's like I had done already all this work uh, for the past 15 years. I had already cleaned myself up at so many levels, psychologically, uh, physically, energetically, and it was like kind of the last cleanse. And I felt like during the delivery, during the labor, I felt like all the tension, everything was really like exorcism. Mm. Exorcism. Yeah, like an exorcism. So it was really very strong. Uh, and it, and so after I felt like completely out of energy and completely, but, but really like 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 pure, like I know who I am and I found myself again. You know, like this was the 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 the, the end of the past life and the beginning of the new life in the way I reconnect to myself and I found myself again. Um, so. The delivery, having the natural delivery and feeling the pain and um, suffering somehow was very much part of the transformation for me. And um, it gave me strength and courage in the way, so it was very short, but I think because it was very short, it was very strong. And uh, so uh, I also, uh, it teared up during the process because I guess it was, it was too strong and going too quick. Uh, so I had to have stitches three or four times after. So this was um, the last, a pain that I had to endure at the end to kind of close the process uh, and this was very very hard um, very painful uh, and um, it was also hard in the way that they brought me my son but they were doing the stitches so I was dealing like hell and I told them no <laughs> Like I told them I cannot receive my son while I'm suffering like this. I have done all this work to be peaceful and to be, you know, to 
welcome him in a very peaceful and nice environment. I don't want to welcome him while I'm suffering like this. So I regretted it a bit after that I kind of rejected him. At first, I, it's not like I was rejecting him, but um, I regretted it a bit, and I think I'm still not very accepting what I did at that moment. But I think it was the best way because uh, it, it was kind of closing the process, you know. It was the, the highest peak of the pain, and it was not a pain that was natural, like the labor and the delivery, because this was coming from within me. But it was, again, a pain from the outer world. Someone was doing this to me. So it was kind of, again, the image that when you look outwards, when you let the outer world control you, this is when you have the strongest pain. And it kind of um, pushed me even more. So okay, don't let yourself controlled by, by the outside. You have to find your inner stability. No matter what happens inside, you have your, you know who you are, and you belong to this world, and you have to accept yourself like this. So, and and so going through all this process, it made me very stronger, and gave me much more courage in the way that afterwards, many times I was suffering mentally or physically, you know, but then I was thinking, come on, you went through this, you can do that, for sure. What are you talking about? This is nothing compared to the delivery, I good. <laughs> and this, this, this helped me a lot um, to take many decisions and to push myself uh, further. Um, so, so in, It was very powerful in all the different dimensions. Energetically, I feel like exorcism and very pure energy afterwards. Physically, um, but obviously there is a huge change after the delivery and going through all this physical pain um, and um, mentally and emotionally. It was, it was, yeah, big big part of the transformation. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit because I have the same thing when I talk about my own birth. And I always say like, oh, I was lucky my birth, my labor was only an X amount of hours. Like I was, I had a very similar timeline to you. I went to the hospital at, I mean, I started getting contractions at midnight. I got to the hospital at three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and Ella was born by seven. And when I tell my story, I'm always like, oh, we're so lucky yes. that, yes. you know, that, but at the same time, sometimes I really think I'm like, is that really necessarily like a positive thing? Yeah. Sometimes, like sometimes it's not because yeah. I felt like I prepared all this stuff. Like had like my music, my candles. I had all this stuff that I was like, okay, you know, when I get to the hospital, I'm gonna have time to like have the contractions kind of build up, and like, and, you know, it was going to be like a little progression that was going to be, you know, it's gonna kind of be kind of like you're on the treadmill, right? Like you're gonna just start with like a little walk, and then you're gonna start running. But it didn't feel like that at all to me, you know, and and so. I guess I wanted to focus on that a little bit because 
I think our culture and our society kind of just we tend to dismiss um, the experience that you have because if you have a short labor, then that's considered to be good. Mm -hmm. A long one equals just that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's actually necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. It's just a different individual experience for everybody. Um, and just because it's quick, it doesn't mean that it was less intense. There's no way to ever even like compare that. So I wanted to just kind of touch on that a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, and in many ways, I kind of feel like I diminish my own experience because I don't like. I'm like, oh, I, I, I didn't suffer like for 30 hours so therefore mm. my experience is less you know and I mm. I feel like you know maybe we need to start practicing not doing that mm -hmm. um, I remember in previous conversations that we had about uh, the labor itself you know I remember you telling me that you know when you were at the hospital and you kind of went to the room and you told Ray to you know like don't let anyone touch me and all that kind of stuff. Um, I wanted to just kind of go over for everybody else that's here, you know, like who was your main support person, who else was in the room, like what did that setup look like for you? So we didn't really have a birth plan. My only plan was that I wanted it to be natural. Um, and well, my only support was my husband. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Yeah, honestly, we did, uh, I didn't really overthink it before. I didn't prepare so many things. Of course, we prepared some stuff, but uh, we didn't really do a birth plan like, like they proposed to do now. Um, I think because my family, they all have very quick delivery mm -hmm. and that we associate this also to it's easy, it's fast, it's okay. So even though I thought I was very ready, um, well, I, I wasn't. <laughs> um, and so what happened is that when we arrived, so obviously we were moving and all and it was very painful the contractions so I wasn't into my meditation yet and I was already quite suffering from the contractions which were growing very quickly and I heard a nurse say oh, this in Chinese so I think she thought I couldn't speak Chinese and she said like um, oh uh, if she's suffering now what is it gonna be after this is nothing and I was like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> and um, so then, um, so first of all, she was picking me off, and that's when I told my husband, I don't want to hear them anymore. Tell, tell them to shut up. They don't know nice. They stay around if they have to. But And that's when I started to cut myself up, I think, because I realized, okay, the outer world is going to disturb me. Now I have to go inside my meditation. I have to create my body. And I gave all the responsibility to him. They made me sign papers. I don't know. I didn't even read anything. Um, <laughs> and I came into the lodge. I mean, not like this, but I was like that. So I was sitting on the bed like this, and my husband was sitting in front of me, and I had my feet 
on his legs. And I was like, I tried many positions, I was not comfortable, so I was just like this. And I wasn't even looking at the monitor for the contractions. He was the one monitoring me. So he was telling me it's coming and higher, higher, higher. Okay, that's the top, it's going down. So he was helping me mentally very much. And I completely relied on him, everything, uh, during, the entire, during the entire process. Uh, he was my he was my only support mm -hmm. and um, when that lady said that I kind of halfway gave up my birth plan which was to be natural that was my only uh, plan uh, because it afraid me and I asked okay can I have the peridural because um, the epidural because she yeah she made me afraid and she made me think I'm not gonna be able to do it because it's already so painful. But so I asked for it and they said, Yeah, you cannot eat with the peridural, so it's better you wait for breakfast first and then we can do it. And I, so I said, Okay, let's wait how it goes until breakfast. And we never had breakfast. <laughs> um, um, so I'm, I'm very happy that in the end it was quit and that I could live my natural process like I wanted and I, I was very angry at that woman that she made me think I cannot do it you know uh, because actually once I went into meditation and I connect to myself then it was fine I, even the, the contractions were stronger and lasted longer I, I could hold it much better mm. so yeah so I was a bit uh, annoyed by this bit. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I, yeah. I don't think sometimes like people that work in the birth space are aware of mm. how much impact yeah. their words can have. You know, and, yeah. and so often like, you know, I hear friends going to just a checkup and the nurse is like, Oh, you know, maybe you should not gain any more weight or like you know and, and things like mm. that and it's like and it just kind of mm. makes you doubt yourself yes. and your yes. body so much even just yes. though it's just such, such a small the, comment the right? dot i think you have the right word the dot is the worst yeah we should doubt. never doubt ourselves when we think we can do something and we feel it inside you should never listen to what others will say but but when you're in such a sensitive a moment, state, you know, yeah. it's it's a bit difficult not to be distracted. Even yeah. though with all the meditation and all the personal work already, it's very easy to get distracted. Mm, yeah, sure. Um, so a couple of things that the the one thing that I wanted to ask is. By you trusting your husband so much and kind of giving him that responsibility, um, I mean, did, did you have that practice of doing that with him before? Or was that something that just kind of came up in, 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 in labor? And how did that change your relationship? Or if it changed your relationship? I think uh, I think I trust my husband very much mm. since we met. Mm. I don't know why and how, but uh, he he he's very honest and very true. And uh, 
so it was very natural. Mm. We didn't train for it. Mm. Um, I mean, we did partnering press workshops, mm -hmm. this kind of thing, you know, but it's it's not the same. And we didn't even discuss it before because we, we didn't even have really a birth plan, mm -hmm. you know, so we were just following the flow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so that's what happened naturally, and I think it's uh, it, it, it could not have been different. I'm not sure I could have given my trust to someone else. Mm -hmm. um, maybe because uh, of my personal experience, and I'm very uh, picky on who I give my trust to. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it felt it felt very natural, mm. and uh, it didn't. I don't know. I, it, it, I don't, I'm not sure it changed our relationship. Mm. I think it was just like this always. Okay. <laughs> um, what was it like for you when you went? inside like can you tell us the difference between what it felt like for you to experience the contractions when you were inside yourself versus what it was like for you when you weren't yes uh, okay so it's very simple um, outside when my attention was outside it was very painful very strong mm -hmm. And I was feeling like I'm going to be destroyed. Mm. And when I could go inside, slowly, it happened a, a couple of times, maybe 10 times. I mean, it's very difficult to keep your awareness and to stay very deep in the meditations. But it's completely the opposite. I was feeling like when the pain was rising, the joy was rising because I knew life was creating mm. and that I was going to meet my son and I was feeling so much joy mm. and it was really like a um, divine experience, you know, like, like, I don't know, connecting to the universe and really some very, very deep happiness within, very natural mm. and um, I think I never experienced this. Mm in my life before. Mm -hmm. It was very, very, very powerful. Yeah. Um, so it's what like from pain, mm -hmm. something that you cannot manage, mm -hmm. to deep, pure joy that you even enjoy the pain, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I relate to that a lot too because um, I think for me, like, I spent most of my pregnancy disassociating labor from pain. So I didn't call it pain. Mm. I know what pain is, and I've experienced a lot of it in my life, and I, mm. I think that's, you know, we, we, we have some similarities there. And it almost felt like during labor, like, I didn't feel like it was pain because, like you said, it, it felt like... It felt like, I, I felt like, you know, first of all, like, it, I understood the purpose of it. Yes. I knew the purpose of it. And I knew the purpose of it wasn't suffering. Mm. And even though, sure, it was very intense and it was very uncomfortable, it didn't feel like it was pain because pain to me felt like it was something that shouldn't be there. Yes. And... Mm. 
you know, and 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 that's. Um, I feel like sometimes that association, or when we just describe it as pain, um, it can kind of create kind of like a murky um, connotation of what that means. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that distinction and that experience um, with us. Um, then I guess this is such a good segue to lead into, you know, the transformation of what happened afterwards, because um, I feel like so much of that is relevant to this. Could you tell us a little bit more about um, that transformation and that rebirthing process and what that was like for you? So yes, like mentioned before, the delivery kind of cleansed, finished the cleansing of my energy and um, gave me strength and it showed me who I am very deeply. I, I experienced it through the delivery. So then after that, um, I... I was feeling very connected to my son, but also very connected to myself. Mm -hmm. And the same way I did during the pregnancy, thinking that I have to take care of myself, I have to relax, I have to, you know, be mentally peaceful and all, I thought exactly the same after the delivery. Mm -hmm. So, um, maybe it was a bit egoistic, but after I was... Uh, as soon as I could, I think it was during COVID, so I think I had to wait like eight weeks to go back to yoga and to start, you know, to go out and do things. But um, of course, I wanted to spend a lot of time with my son, and we did spend most of the time together. Um, but I was aware that. For him to be happy and to grow peacefully, I had to be uh, happy and peaceful as well. So uh, very quickly after the delivery, I started to do things for myself to feel better again. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that came up again was the physical thing because if I could let go during the pregnancy thinking, okay, I'm going to take weight anyways, then it triggered and came back after because I took uh, 21, I stopped counting at 21 kilos, <laughs> I think a bit more actually because there was a few more weeks to go. Uh, anyway, so after that physical appearance came back and was like, oh my god, how am I going to do? Like, and I, I took a lot of time to think about it and to meditate about it and I mean with a newborn we have a lot of, of time. I was doing a lot of meditation with him actually in my lab in the beginning, it was very nice. And uh, when I decided that letting go on the food and the physical body helped me so much during the delivery that I was going to continue this way. So yeah, I didn't. I, even though I was feeling a bit anxious about this 21 kilo to lose, and I had the feeling sometimes that's like doubting if I could do it or not, then I decided, okay, I'm just gonna do the same. I'm going to continue listen to my body. I'm not gonna do any diet. I'm not gonna force myself to do sports. Uh, I'm just gonna go with the flow, and uh, well, that's what I did. And 
I'm not even thinner and healthier than before, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, um, like, actually, what was it like for you to... Because to, I remember when I first started doing things for myself, I think Ella was probably around like three or four months old. Mm-hmm. And the decision to just take a little bit of time for myself, just to like go and do something for myself, like that was fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was like like a hard thing to do. Even though like I knew how necessary it was, it was still super, super hard. Mm-hmm. You know, what was that process like for you and how did you you know well, be okay with that? Well, again, maybe that was a bit egoistic, but uh, I was just thinking I'm doing it for him. You know, mm. I was thinking like if yeah. I stick around mm. at home and was doing COVID, so we were not going out so much mm. also at that time, mm. like a studio's restaurant was still closed in like February, mm. March. So well, we didn't really have so much social activities. Mm. Um, so I was thinking it's for my mental health mm. if, if I want no one to grow peacefully mm. I need to be peaceful so I was kind of convincing myself not even convincing I was believing it very strongly mm. that uh, it's also for him mm. that I'm doing it and that uh, if I spend one hour out then I'm gonna spend the next five, twelve hours with him, enjoying it and yes. being peaceful and relaxed. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be beneficial for both of us. Whereas if this one hour mm-hmm. I feel guilty and I'm not going out, I'm gonna be frustrated and stressed mm-hmm. out, and then he might feel it, and he he might also start to cry or not want to sleep or whatever. Mm-hmm. So so yes, I was just strongly believing that this was serving everyone mm-hmm. and that this was the best for our family mm. uh, and very very early I explained to my husband that I need this time mm. and he was I mean same as during the delivery he mm. was of amazing support mm. um, especially very quickly after the delivery I decided to do um, my first yoga teacher training and uh, so I was working and I was doing the teacher training in the weekend so my husband was taking care of the baby during the weekend (laughs) every weekend during four months (laughs) and um, at some point I was feeling a bit guilty in the way look you are not spending the weekend with your family but luckily I was working only part time so I had every afternoon so 30% of my time I would be at work 30% with my son and 30% at yoga. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't much place for the couple path and that moment of life. <laughs> I don't think there is anyway. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, that time for myself, mm-hmm. um, the weekend was the time I had for myself to experience myself. Mm-hmm. And um, the delivery helped me a lot there because you know, there was a moment where, I mean, I was, no one was six months old, so I was not sleeping at night. I was super tired with the work and the, the teacher training, and sometimes I just, like, 
wanted to give up or not go or what, but in the end I didn't miss one time. Mm. And during the class, even though I was exhausted or all, I always did everything and even I was still breastfeeding, so it was the entire day. So I had the pump, I was pumping in the break. People were chatting and relaxing and I was going to the toilet to pump the milk out and uh, so it was a bit uh, crazy now that I think about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was very necessary for me yeah. and uh, I think it was like continuing the transformation in the way before pregnancy I always wanted to be what others expecting mm. from me and after pregnancy this choice to do the, the yoga training I think was for the first time in a very long time a choice that was only for me, mm. you know, not mm. others wanting me to do something, mm. but the delivery gave me the courage and the strength to say, this is what I wanted to do before the pregnancy and before I was thinking, no, I cannot do it anymore. Mm. And then I said, no, I still can do it. Even mm. people were telling me, no, it's too early, you're too tired, you're still breastfeeding, and uh, your perineum is not back to normal. Mm. I said, no, I feel inside, I know I can do it. And I'm going to do it. And I survive. Maybe that kind of craziness should be normalized a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, I think as long as you feel inside that you are fine. I, the, the point is that I think many people they are not in tune with themselves, mm. so they don't know their limits. Mm. They don't yeah. know how far they can go. Mm. Um, or some people don't are not even sure of what they want. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure of what I want also in many, many cases. Yeah. But, um, but for that you knew. For that, I, I knew it deep inside me that... I needed the time to reconnect with myself, to reconnect with my body. That was my way to reconnect with my body after the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, during the four months that you were at yoga training, obviously your husband spent a lot of time with your son. What did that do for their relationship? Uh, after the first weekend, the relationship changed. Before he was not talking to him so much, you know, he was just like, oh, like playing, but not, you know, really talking to him like a person. Yeah. And uh, he was not really reacting like if he would cry or something. But that first weekend, I remember in the Sunday evening, I came home and I don't know, no one was sleeping or I don't remember, but he started yeah. to cry or to make some noise yeah. and he ran yeah. to see the baby and I was like, wow, <laughs> what <laughs> And I told him, it's okay, I'm here now, I can, you know, and he was like, no, no, it's okay, I go to see. <laughs> and, and it was amazing, it was, it was very nice and then yeah. he started to, he, he started to talk to him, like, you know, like really, like, a person it's like not like it's a baby and we cannot have a conversation but really starting to talk to him and to consider him and so so you see initially it was I was doing it for me but in the way I thought it was it was good for our family mm -hmm. uh, 
and I'm very happy that in the end it was really beneficial for everyone. Yeah, totally. I I mean, I feel like I'm still in that process of practicing to do that, you know, like I, so often I'm like, I'm not making any dinner plans because I need to be home because Ella needs me for bed or blah, 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 blah. And then last night I came to yoga last night and I got home and Ella didn't nap all day yesterday. And so by 7.45, she was like so tired, she was falling asleep. Um, and, I came, I, and I got a message right after yoga and Sam was like, I put her to bed. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and, and it's, you know, and it's something that like, you know, it's, I often in that process, often just think about like my relationship with her. And I sometimes don't even think about like Sam's relationship with Ella when I make that decision. And sometimes I need to let it go in order for him to grow and in yes. order for them to grow together. And, and that's something that, yes. yeah. So that's why I was like. Yes, that's true. I think we need to. Maybe we tend to think that we are more close to our baby because we carry mm. him or her. And it's true that we have this uh, maternal instinct, mm. but I think that the dads also can have it. Mm. And I think that for them to, to have it, we need to give them the space. Yes. If we are constantly staying with the baby, we don't give them a chance. Mm. And if, I think the worst thing is in the beginning, um, I wanted things to be done my way, yeah. and when he would do something, I would mm. always correct yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Why you do like this? Yeah. Like this? Why you put the diaper like this? I mean, but <laughs> and then at some point, I started to think, okay, this is his way. Mm. Let him do mm. this. Uh, I mean, Noan is healthy. He's happy. Mm. He's playing with his dad. Mm. Who cares? The diaper is in the wrong way. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's on. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so by by doing this for myself and going to yoga every weekend, I was really letting go this part and I think I was giving him space also to grow mm. and to, um, to really take his position as a dad. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I think this is, this is a, an important part. Yeah. And I think it's important for that the same way that uh, they might have supported us during the delivery, mm -hmm. you know, for them it's very sudden. I mean, mm -hmm. of course they see us pregnant and they can't touch mm -hmm. the baby, but we have nine months to feel the baby grow within us, mm -hmm. which for them it's like kind of in a second, oh, you're a dad and you have the baby, you know, and I think, I feel, uh, uh, at least it's our experience, and um, I feel like they need maybe we need nine months to 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 grow the baby within us. Maybe the dad after they need nine months, you know, yeah. it's <laughs> their practice, their yeah. kind of pregnancy. Yeah. And they slowly mm. get used to it, and and during those nine months, they they, they need to find their own way. Mm. Also, so we need to give them the space so that they can find their way through it as well. Mm. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, now let's talk about going back to work and the decision to do that and yeah yeah because <laughs> you went back to work part-time yeah, for a while yeah. 
Yeah, well, Why? Uh, during the four months, four or five months after the delivery, so during the maternity leave, uh, you, Marianne, and the human, you must remember, <laughs> I think every day I was saying, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, um, where they offered me a new position, and um, no, what happened is at first I registered to do yoga training, which was in the weekend, and I was like, there is no way I'm going to do full-time job plus the yoga training. But the yoga training is more important, so I don't care. I registered for the yoga training, and if my work is not following, well, they are going to fire me, I don't know, but I don't care. So I wanted to quit, and then they offered me a new position, which... Well, I didn't want to do what I was doing before, so it was still a bit like uh, pleasing my ego, and uh, I was like, okay, it's a new challenge, let's try. But still, I had the yoga training, so then I told my boss, okay, I take this new position, but I used my holidays, because I just had like four or five months, so I used my holidays to work only in the mornings. So I, I was free every afternoon, and I thought he would laugh at me, you know, but surprisingly he accepted. <laughs> and after, so this lasted for like three or four months. And then when I finished my holiday, <laughs> I told him, actually, I like this new rhythm. Can I stay like this? <laughs> and he accepted too. So uh, that was very nice. Um, that was very nice. Um, but in the beginning, it was very hard. Mm. Uh, Why did you go back in the first place? Because yeah, you're right. Like I, I mean, I remember uh, like every time we met up, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go back. I definitely don't really want to go back. <laughs> but I mean, but then you went back. So yeah. like, what was what I guess was going on? Yeah, I guess I guess my transformation wasn't really finished. I guess. Uh, my ego still, still was taking a lot of place and it was a higher position with more money and blah 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 and so I was like I cannot say no to this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I also feel like we often tell ourselves stories and have wrong ideas so I felt like even though now I I don't want to go back. I should experience it first, try. And once I experience, then I take the decision. So, and since I had the opportunity to experience it like halfway yeah. <laughs> for a few months, I was like, okay, let's do this trial. It was kind of a trial period. And uh, then I think it was it was very interesting the position and I was learning a lot of new things so it was actually quite exciting and since I had much more distance compared to before I was much more connected to myself I was able to make a separation between work and home mm -hmm. and before I would get off work first I would work a lot and I would get off work and get home and still thinking about work my boss would call me at 11 p.m. I would answer and you know but after delivery, no, no, I go to work from 8 to 12, 12, I leave and then nothing, they can text me, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> so I think because I was also protecting myself, uh, then it made it more acceptable. And I think that actually, thanks to the transformation I did during the delivery and all, I was much better at the work I had then because it 
could have been very stressful mm. and a lot of responsibility and it was in the middle of you know restructuring firing people and mm. you know and but I was very calm and uh, anything happened I mean yeah no one is dying so <laughs> it's okay <laughs> let's keep calm mm. so um, yeah, I guess there was no real reason why I went back. It, it was just that I preferred to experience it before taking the decision. Um, so I did it for a year. Um, and then after a year, I realized that, okay, this is really not what I want. <laughs> uh, so I hold, hang, hang on in there for a year. And I learned what I had to learn, and then I arrived at some limits that I realized that instead of helping companies, I want to help people, I want to help humans. And um, so the yoga helped me, helped me a lot. I talked about yoga, and I mentioned Reiki before that I did it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I think Reiki. Um, so I became a Reiki practitioner then, and I think Reiki helped me to connect to the spiritual world mm-hmm. and helps me to um, go even deeper in myself and understand. Sorry, I beg because I, I, I haven't understood very fully yet, but understand a little better what is my life purpose. And so I realized that I think my life purpose is really to help, um, to help others also to find themselves and to free themselves from the outside pressure, to free themselves from all the stories that we tell ourselves and to really just just simply be natural mm-hmm. and and to me it goes very in all the aspects like I was telling you before um, I really love the work of Okra it's very very beautiful and I would have wear it I think I have actually at home but I think I haven't wear any jewelry any makeup any nail polish nothing for one or two years and uh, because I, I'm I just feel like I want to be true to myself and that's the way I am and I don't need anything to embellish myself. You like me, you don't like me, it's your problem, it's not really my problem. I'm just like this and that's all. What was it like to finally quit? (sighs) (laughs) So... Yes, so I was making plans again. Yeah, we cannot, uh, even though we try, we always, the mentor is always there, very present, right? So I was making plans again, and I was always pushing, and I was saying, okay, the end of June, I'm gonna take a decision. It's gonna be one year that I'm going to work there. And um, yeah, and then life decided otherwise. And uh, my grandpa died in March or April, beginning of April, I think. And uh, well, unfortunately, I couldn't go back to France. So I felt like I, w- I was trying to hold space for my family. I was trying to talk with everyone. 
and uh, to share it with my dad, so it's the dad of my dad. And I felt like I could not release any emotion. I was just holding everything on my shoulder and I wasn't properly leaving it with them and I couldn't release any emotions. Uh, but I was starting to feel like, um, okay, life is too short. You have to do what you want. You cannot just stay there in a box because you think that you should be there, but it's not really your place. So why are you doing this? And I'm thinking, okay, if I die tomorrow or when I'm gonna be 90 years old and I look back, I'm gonna, what am I going to be proud of? What I'm gonna be at? This was a good decision. Or you, you did this, and I was like. Well, for sure, keeping your job, like, who cares? I, I really don't care. So I started to do the mental job, but I was still very stuck emotionally, and I could do anything, yoga, Reiki, like, nothing would work. So then I did some breath work mm -hmm. to help me release the emotions. Mm -hmm. And thanks to the breath work, I, I could... Um, connect to a deeper part of myself, I could make some memories come back of when I was a baby and suddenly like all the blockages, many things was blocking me and especially for example the financial insecurity because if you quit your job then you don't have the the review anymore and where well, life in Shanghai is expensive and then talking myself, am I gonna be able to develop my own activities and um, but so yeah um, by releasing the emotions following the death of my grandpa and doing the mental work then suddenly something clicked and it was not anymore like I have to take the decision to quit my job. It was like, there is no other decision. I have to do it. And mm -hmm. so I think that I did the breathwork. I released the emotion. And that was on Saturday. And on Monday, I quit. Mm -hmm. So it was very... Uh, I always say we spend months, years to make a plan. But then if you think about it, the main decisions in your life, you take them in a second. You didn't plan them most of the time. It's just, it just happens and it feels natural. And I think this is when it's the right thing to do, right? The universe is giving you something. Mm -hmm. And when it feels natural, then, then that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you think Actually, so, I mean, just to give a little bit of context, I, I remember when we were kind of speaking about this, you described your life before becoming a mom as a life that was, you were living the life of an ego, with, with an ego. Mm -hmm. um, and that before that, when you were a child, you were just kind of, like, it was just, you were just your soul, right? Yeah. You were kind yeah. of just your soul self, yes. and then as you became an adult, it, you, you kind of lived a life of the ego, mm -hmm. and that when you became a mother, you felt like both of those worlds came together. Yes. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. 
Uh, yes, yeah, so I think I spent the 15 first years of my life, 14, 15, until I attempted suicide. That period is uh, very soulful. I'm living very connected, I'm very creative. I was doing dancing in high competition, I was playing piano, I was doing a lot of artwork, I was very like connected to others and um, I was very soulful and then there was kind of a break, I think all the conditionings from the society, from the education, the parents, the friends, the media, I mean all those conditionings starting to put me in that box and so then I spent um, I think the 15 next years until my 30s into that box and living only in the ego and completely forgot my soul and like I was telling you earlier about this stone mm -hmm. I forgot my soul so much that I couldn't play anymore I couldn't I wasn't really having fun um, I was not really a fun person. I'm still not a very fun person, but like <laughs> I couldn't really, I couldn't enjoy myself. I couldn't play around with kids, um, which was also making me believe I couldn't have kids because I was really not good with kids. Um, so yeah, I, I completely went away from my soul mm. and I was living in the ego and wanted to please the outer world. And then, when I got pregnant, I was kind of forced to reconnect to my soul mm. and to find it back and to remember it's here. You still have this playful, natural nature inside you. It's just hidden so deep inside so many layers. So it's like the onion you have to, you know, peel all the layers and find back the heart. But then what I learned over those 15 years living in the ego is that still we cannot live disconnected from the reality and uh, even though are, we wish to, to, to be this way or we wish things to be that way, we still have to deal with the real world. So we don't want it to control us but we need to find a way to integrate ourselves into this world. Mm. So, I think now um, my both sides are a bit more integrated. Of course, it's always difficult to find the balance and sometimes it's more your soul playing, sometimes it's more your ego talking. But just by being conscious that there are these two forces mm. and just by um, acknowledging them and sometimes me, okay, I know it's uh, now it's more my soul side mm -hmm. wanting me to do this, mm -hmm. but if I do this, I'm completely ignoring my ego, and this is not in line with the reality, you know. Like, I cannot live just with the love and the water and the naked in the forest, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to deal with the fact that I'm here in Shanghai and we still need money to live, and you know, so. Mm. So I think that's how, to me now, it, it kind of come together, mm. uh, or at least most of the time I try to make them work together and I try not to take decisions that are only for one of the two sides. Mm. I try to 
kind of like in a couple, right? You, you need to find the middle ground and the compromise. So it's a bit the same within myself. I, when I find the, 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 the compromise that satisfies more or less both my soul and my ego, then I feel like, okay, this is this is a good way, way to go. go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm going to open that up for everyone to ask questions before uh, yeah, finishing up. Um, yeah. Does anyone have any questions? So, just what is the compromise? What do you do today? Because I So, I give you an example. Um, my ego loves to live in a big city, in the center, go out and have my little bakery and coffee and uh, order the groceries online, everything is so convenient and you know, I, I really love that. But if I listen to my soul, I wish that I live like very far in the nature, have my own garden, grow my own veggies and uh, silence, you know, listen to the birds and live uh, with the circadian cycle, just I'm fine alone, writing, reading, I don't need anybody around, you know, that's where I need to find a middle way. And if I continue thinking like this, then I keep on pulling myself like, okay, I want to leave Shanghai, I want to go closer to the nature. And then, well, no, but I don't want to be alone there, no, no, no. So I, think, so I keep, you know, pulling in both sides. So then the middle ground is like, okay, we are here and I accept it. And I stop thinking I'm gonna leave and go to live closer to the nature. But if this is a need that I have, then why we don't go on weekends more often? Why we don't go on holiday? Yes, there is COVID and yes, it's difficult to go outside China, but we can still travel here, right? So whenever I need it, I can just do it and go there. So it's just instead of always thinking because before I was always feeling like either I'm not sure of what I want because I sometimes have very paradoxical ideas or um, I was always feeling that it's never the right uh, solution there can always be something better so now I'm just feeling okay this is what you have now and if you feel like there is something else find the best way so that you don't ignore what you have now you don't start to tell yourself stories and tell yourself that you would be more happy if you would go to live in this other place but just try to find the best way to live happily right now in this condition in this world and it's already hard enough that we don't need to think what is going to happen next year or later or if i'm going to be more happy if i go back to live in france like what matters is what will make me happy right now and right here. I don't know if I answered the question. How old is your son now? Almost 18 months. I have a curiosity. Where did you live huh? In Jiahui. Jiahui. Mm. Well, very good. Very 
except that lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, but yeah, yeah, it was really the entire pregnancy. Yeah. If nobody has any um, more questions, I will just ask uh, the final question for the road. Um, if you could leave one bit of wisdom about birth to your son, mm -hmm. uh, what would it be? You mean like which, which message or principle I want to No, I'm just if you could to tell him. him. Yeah, if you could just tell him one thing about this experience of, of you know, what would it be? Hmm. I think it's the best experience of my life, honestly. Hmm. I think uh, thanks to this experience, Thanks to him, I'm, I'm changing towards the sustainable transformation. And uh, when when he was born, so my mom was here when he was born. And she came, even in the middle of the COVID, and she came. And when he was born, the first day, she told me, "Look at him. He's gonna be your master." And I laughed and I, I told her, no way, I'm going to rule the house. He's going to listen to me. <laughs> and she was like, ah, <laughs> you will see. And yeah, and she was right. And the master not in the way, you know, like controlling me or telling me what to do or what, but in the way I've, I'm learning so much. Even he wasn't born, even during the pregnancy, I was learning so much thanks to his arrival you know so yeah I think it's 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 the best thing that has ever happened to me and actually very interestingly uh, I have inside me this idea since a very very long time that I'm not good enough in many many different situations mm -hmm. I always doubt myself and recently I realized that I might have started to doubt myself when my parents had the second baby, we are three. Mm -hmm. And recently in meditation I, I started to realize that and that I never speak it out and uh, I mean it was completely unconscious until now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not even sure if it was conscious at that time but I think it had kind of that effect feeling that I'm not good enough, so they need a second one, you know? Maybe it's gonna be better. <laughs> uh, and so now, I want really my son to know that that he's one of the most beautiful things that has happened into our life. And because of this idea that I had recently, and I talked about it to my husband, and I'm feeling a bit confused lately that because we want to have a second one and I really don't want him, you know, to think mm -hmm. that he's not good enough. Mm -hmm. He's much better than enough. He's everything to me. Mm -hmm. 
And so now I'm processing this new idea that came to my mind and I'm trying to understand how I don't want to pass this burden to him. Mm-hmm. And I want him, I, I, I don't know yet how, but I really want him to know that he's good enough and that he can be himself and do whatever he wants in his life and I'm always going to support him. Mm-hmm. Even if he goes outside the box, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe by you speaking about it now and today, he's really free from that. Maybe. Thank you for such, um, thank you for speaking with so much vulnerability and for being open with sharing with us your story and for being so insightful and wise and for, yeah, for for having so much clarity and, yeah, thank you. Um, just also to share, um, Leah does some really beautiful uh, yoga classes that is very soulful and unlike anything else that I've experienced. Um, at the moment, she's doing a program um, that focuses on the different chakras, um, but with yoga. Um, and, you know, I. She's already in the chat, but uh, I will also share, I guess, today uh, some of the events that she has going on um, that are upcoming um, for those of you that are interested. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.